ladies, for everything you've done. <laughs> so this whole conference, we've been talking about our identities and being whole and complete in Christ. So one thing I want to talk about is how do we stay in those identities? You know, we've talked about things to stay up, but I think, you know, in life, it's so hard to stay there because the world tries to constantly distract. So how can we do that? Okay. Tips, advice. <laughs> I, I kind of spoke a little bit about that earlier. For me, the way that I do it is I have to remember the lesson we're taught in Ephesians 6, down after 10, and, and where you take the sword of the Spirit, and that's the spoken word. So for me, those identity affirmations, whether you're writing them on Post-it notes or sticking them all over the wall, whatever you're doing, for me, the way I stay in it is to keep reminding myself of what God says about me. I mean, it's really that simple. Yes, you know, new agey books would tell you you get up and you look in the mirror and say, I am great. Well, I mean, they're just ripping off our truth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, right. yeah. That's right. Well, and I would probably add, I really do believe in the local church. Mm -hmm. I think that when you have home, you have family, you have relationships, and then there, there is a truism of being real in church. And that doesn't mean that you walk in church and if you've had a really bad day that you just let everybody know that I have a really bad day. I mean, it's not like being, because um, in your own home, I hope that you wouldn't walk around just because you've had a bad day, tell everybody in your whole house, I've had a bad day and I'm just mad at y'all. Because soft answers are important in learning how to communicate in life. But, but there's a real truism that we act as the body and as church and as sisters and as family. And that we learn how there's a realism in the body. Like there's, like sometimes people say, oh, you know, we're, we're different when we're at church. And, and I would hope, and I'm actually really grateful that my kids will tell anybody that talks to them that who they see as Pastor Wendy is Mom Wendy. That's right. You know, that, that that's just, that we're real, that there's an honesty about us, that there's a truism about us. So, so when you say about your identity, I think there is something so vital about understanding what church life really is. And it's the kindness and the thoughtfulness and the encouragement. And, and there's dry times in life. There's challenging times in life. And unfortunately, I have found, especially I'm at pastoring forever, is that I have found people when they get like having a hard time, they kind of run away from, the, you yes. know, from church. Yes. And I'm like, that's not when you run away. I mean, if anybody has gone through a hell of a year, here I am. I mean, this year has not been super easy at all. And I run to church and I run to Cindy and I run to family that I say, and when I say family, I mean, I mean, church family. You know, I was raised only really with church family. I didn't have grandma, I didn't have aunts and uncles or cousins or grandparents. I wasn't raised with any of that. I was raised mom and dad. There are six of us kids and we had church. And so I have that benefit of really, really valuing all the aunties and grandmas and uncles and brothers and sisters in the church and really valuing that. So we all are very important to me of keeping that identity healthy. You know, that we, we, we help each other, we love each other, we smile at each other. So. Very good. Amen. No. Amen. And amen. And amen. This yeah, question this is. This isn't Saturday Night Live. Where, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally this question is really for Cynthia because um, I know that we have a lot of working women um, in this room as well, and you have experienced a lot of, you know, you've been in the world, as, working in the world as well as in the church. And sometimes that can be really hard to balance. And how do you do that? 
Oh wow! Well, um, when my when my son was young, it was it was more difficult. So my heart and my hat really goes out to moms yes. who are working with young kids. Yes. Um, you know, part of my testimony I left out is that I was a single mother until my son was 14. See, so restoration and a husband and all that came to my household late. So for those first 14 years, it was really challenging. And sometimes I don't think I balanced it all it very well at all. Some days I was frazzled and some days I took out my, you know, anxiety or my stuff on my son. And so I think as I allowed the Lord to, to change my mind and to trust him more, that allowed me to be able to, you know, take my fears and my frustrations to the Lord, not take them out on other people. You know, it, now my son is older and, and it's easier to juggle because I'm still mommy. You know, my son has just turned 25 and he and I are like this and I will always be mommy and he will always be my baby. And so I, for me, the juggling always came in remembering that I was God's daughter first, and I was Christian's mother second, and then I worked. I think the world sells you a lie. You know, we look at magazines of actresses, and they're, they're holding these children that they've adopted, or, you know, three babies from three different boyfriends or whatever, and then this, the slogan says, you can have it all. Lie. <laughs> That's a lie. Yeah. You, you can have it all, but you're going to do something not so well. And usually what happens is the not so well as our kids. So I, I think get help. For me, I had a village. It takes a village to raise a kid. It really does. I had my mom. When I was a single mom, I was very, very, very blessed that I had my mom or my sister. You know, um, and, 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 and because I was a single mom, I, I, someone told me very early, you know, you're working, just make sure there's good male role models to speak into his life. So I had one or two good guy friends that were like, they were right there to sew certain lessons into his life. That's very good. You know, we're talking about identity. Do you think, why do you think it's so hard for women? Do you think it's more men? Do you think men struggle with identity too? Or why do women struggle a little bit more? Or is it equal? No, I was said Sandy, right? Oh, it can go to anybody. Oh, I said Sandy, but Wendy, you can take that too. No, I can't Sandy shit because she hasn't said anything yet. She's brilliant. You know, yeah, I'm brilliant. Yeah. And I really can't speak for the men and I'll get in trouble if I do. But I do want to say that the devil first came to Eve and it says, the word of God says that it wasn't the man who was deceived. It was the woman who was deceived. He attacked her identity first. He told her that she wasn't who God said she was, even though she was, and that God's word wasn't true. And she ate the fruit of lies and then fed it to her husband was with her. He knew what he was doing, but he chose her over almighty God. And so I think we're probably more vulnerable in a sense to that lie. That's why it's important, you, like you were mentioning, to be under a godly, or Wendy or Cindy all mentioned, to be under a godly, God-fearing husband. That's part of our divine covering. Can I, I'm going to add this to all of us sisters in the house is that personally as pastoring now for 38 years, so same church, 38 years, I have honestly found, it took me a long time to figure this one out though, it's actually women that leave church much more than men leave church. And um, 
that's kind of a, um, that's what it, it kind of speaks to that is because women, they get their feelings hurt. Yeah. They get angry at something. They get invested in an incorrect flesh way, um, and so you're, you know, you're, you're battling. You're ch you change age, and all of a sudden, what you did before, you're not like the first person that's asked to do certain things. And there's a fence that starts to happen, and we stop operating as a family, and we start operating in the flesh. And at all ages, this happens. And I would just say to all the sisters in the house, is that when you when you get kind of like, huh, well, they're not as good as me, and they did this, or I don't like that song, or I don't like this, you, you just have to realize that actually men complain less than half, maybe even a third of what women do. Men just like, I don't care, I think it's fine, you know, hey. <laughs> But we influence them, though. We, that's what I yeah. mean. The women influence men. And I don't think us sisters realize when you influence your husband to leave the family church that they got connected to and they go someplace else, every time they become less and less. Because men, you know, I mean, whether we like, they're, they're just like, they're like, oh, okay, I'll go with you. But they're less involved. They're less invested. They're, they get less going. And so you're, you're going in such a negative direction with that. So I would tell you, I would really encourage you, when you've got challenges in the family, the church family, figure out a way, not that you have to go to them all the time, but there are times that you do need to have conversation. Just say, you know what, let's visit a little bit because I feel a little tension and, and I'd like to get to a place of solution. Not accusing, but a, a conversation of solution. It's really understanding that we really are family mm -hmm. because you can't leave your real family. I mean, there are certain situations where you can, but I mean, you know, I just can't walk out on my son and all my adopted boys and say, I'm just over you. I, that wouldn't really work. Exactly. So if we really believe, and that's why I try to call when I speak to, I try to say sister. I, I, I only have one sister and I adore her, but I really try to say it because to me it's important for my, my own soul and for the soul of the person I'm talking to to know I'm relating to you as a sister. I, I'm try, I wanna put some vulnerability and some heart into the relationship. That's good, that's good. Mm -hmm. This is kind of fun. What is some, one of the craziest things you've experienced as being a female pastor? Cindy. <laughs> Crazy things you've experienced as a female pastor's wife or that you've uh, had to deal well, with. Something I mean, fun, funny. <laughs> Our book, Sandy and I are going to write a book. Um, <laughs> well, as a, I mean, I think that, you know, because um, with my, you know, coming out of the background I came out of um, and being called it, it was like, uh, when I say crazy, it was like there was this expectation for me to be this certain kind of person or do this or do that as the, yeah, as the pastor's wife. And um, I was very, very blessed in having a wonderful husband who didn't allow that to happen. And I'm very thankful for that. Um, he allowed me to come along as God was bringing me along and showing me what uh, God wanted me to do, and he, didn't, he did not put those expectations on me. And I'm really thankful for that. The, the church did, and the world, that's what I was saying. I didn't measure up to what the church thought uh, was the wife he should marry or the person that he should marry or didn't look like her or didn't do this or didn't do that or, 
you know, and it was very, I was very blessed because um, he was in church. We met in church. We got married in church. Um, but when we started, like, we came here to, and, and I helped him in ministry, but he never put any expectations on me um, to, for, you know, like, you have to be, because for him, number one, you're my wife. And so um, I was very thankful for that, that I got to let God bring me along as God was bringing me along. And if I said to him, if I got to that place, well, I believe God's saying this to me. And he's like, okay go for it, you know, and, um, and I'm very thankful for that. And, but you know, it's, it's sad to say, I mean, people do, you know, I mean, isn't it weird that people think pastor's wives don't go to the grocery store that you don't cook or do it's normal things, you know? Yeah. Then we never have a struggle. Gosh. I mean, who, you know, we never, yeah, we don't ever have to fight our flesh. Never. Right. Never, never, never. You know, we never make the wrong decision, you know? I mean, so why do they think that, you know, whoo, I haven't seen a halo anywhere or yeah. gold dust falling down. I do not have angel's wings. I, that's why I went out there, took a picture with the angel's wings. That's right. uh, chosen angels. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah. I, you're like, no. I, I love, though, when I first met Rick and Cindy a kajillion years ago, <laughs> and we, I, could, I could remember distinctly, that's why it's so fun, is that, that I said to Rick, you know, what, what's, you know, what's Cindy? He goes, oh, she's just my, my great wife. My wife. And, and I remember very clearly that definition, and that's like 30 plus plus years yeah. ago. I mean, yeah. it was just like, yeah. she's just my wife, and she just does a great job, and, and that's how we communicated. And I, I think that's a great way for all of us just in our walk with Christ, is that when you first begin your path of walking with Christ, yeah. quit putting all this unbelievable pressure that you're supposed to be doing something that maybe in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years you'll be doing yeah. because yeah. God has continuous growth in yes. the path yes. of what you're doing, right? Yes. So you're not supposed to, you know, like you're supposed to be able to grow into yes. certain things. So yes. it's kind of like be a kindergartner, be a first, you know, be a fifth grader, be yes. an eighth grader, yes. be yes. what you are. Yes. And it's yes. good. Yes. It's great. Yeah. And I, I really had to be healed, you know, and mm -hmm. that's what I got was healing to have that confidence of who God made me to be and what he wanted me to do. And it took that, it took time. So yeah. And Wendy was a great encourager of me. She's, you know, she was awesome. Of, you can do this. Come on. She actually, she invited me to come and speak at Christian Faith Center and, and do a little session at her conference that she did. I was scared to death, not scared to life. And um, anyway. And she did great. <laughs> so, but I mean, even, you know, to have friends, like we're talking about friends and people in in the church and in ministry and in your life that encourage you she's a great cheerleader Sandy's been a great cheerleader to me um, you know hey you know seeing something in you that you're like really okay uh, well God you know you're stepping out in faith yeah. <laughs> you know you know what just I, I just want to say this one of the things that I see from being invited to speak at, at, at different churches like this is we have something to do with it also. When I say we, I mean me and all of y'all. Because what happens, what I tend to see is with the pastor's wife, mm -hmm. the first lady, you know, these titles, right? <laughs> we can put pressure yes. on someone to be more than 
human, right. in progress, right. like us, right. right, with kids in and progress. problems and struggles. So I think we have to stop trying to, to, to make people walk in perfection and just deal with them like, that's my sister that I love. And sometimes I get so surprised how many uh, of the pastor's wives, they love it if you just say a prayer for them. Yeah. Or maybe you have a word of encouragement for them. And so, do you know what I mean? Like when you, I always say, don't put people on pedestals because see, if I fall from up here, oh. it hurts. Yeah. Right. But if I'm just down there with you and I fall, somebody can really quickly kind of help me up and nobody's gonna notice. Yeah, and you know what, I wanna to add to that and just yeah. say this, let other people that speak life, that have life in their mouth, Amen. pick you up and encourage you. Don't go, oh no, or no, and try to excuse yourself and give the shame message and negate. When someone is trying to lift you up and say, and say the greatness they see in you, take it. Yeah. Say praise the Lord yes. and yes. receive it. Eat, eat truth, don't eat lies. Yes, Amen. So, so good. Thanks for listening to our Chosen Bible Study Podcast. For more information on Chosen, make sure you visit us at chosenessay.com and follow us on our social sites. We'll see you next time. And remember, you are chosen.